Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Andrew Spivey of GatorCountry.com. And Andrew, as always, appreciate you joining us. It's been a while, man. How you been? Yeah, absolutely. Been good. How about you guys? And, you know, you say uh, it feels like uh, Arkansas is always coming to Florida. That's kind of how Florida thinks about Texas A&M. So uh, I, I think they uh, the, both schools have a little bit of a gripe uh, with uh, Greg Sinkley and the commissioner's office. Yeah, it seems like it. There, I guess it's like a balancing act that there's some teams are going to play at one place more than the other, it would seem. But uh, this one's uh, – we'll start with football. We'll get into baseball. But since we're talking a little bit of football, this one's a unique one because, you know, Napier, and I know you're, you're there and they're covering it and you know about it. He's been doing a great job in recruiting, especially here recently. But, you know, th- this past season wasn't exactly what the, the Florida Gator Nation expects. They expect a, a change and at least a – going in the right direction and being a much better team this year. But what's the feel like for Florida this season and, and going into the year and the expectation that fans have for Billy Napier and his squad? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a weird one. You know, when you, when you really look at it, it, you know, it, it kind of goes back to what it's been the last few years, and that is what are you going to get out of the quarterback? And, you know, you, 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 everybody thinks about it, and they said, oh, Anthony Richardson was a top-five pick. Yeah, he was. But uh, also remember, he was very unreliable at times, very up and down at times. And, uh, you know, it, that was kind of the, the story of, of last year. And, you know, before that, it was the story of what was Emory Jones going to do. Well, now the story is, is can Graham Mertz or Jack Miller, one of those two guys, step up and be the guy? Um, for this team, both of them are very inconsistent. Both both of them have, you know, their own uh, ups and downs struggles, and uh, you know, both of them transferred in for a reason, and that's because they weren't working out at their former program. Uh, can Billy Napier find a way to get them going? I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, if you go off kind of the spring game, it was pretty rough. If you if you like offense, uh, you know, defensively they should be much better, but uh, they got to find a way to score some points this year, as the offensive line is not going to be as good as it was last year where you're able to run the ball 25, 30 times a game. Florida's 2024 opponents, the SEC just announced the opponents for the, not this season, but the next season coming up where Texas and OU are joining the conference. So when you look at Florida's opponents, what are your likes and dislikes about it? Yeah, I I like going to Austin. I've never been. So, uh, you know, I I like that. Um, Go see uh, Florida play Texas. I think that's a good one. Um, you know, for Florida fans, the good news is you really only have two true road games. Is that uh, Georgia game is the, uh, the neutral site game in Jacksonville. Um, but I, I like the fact that they still kept Tennessee on their schedule. They still kept LSU on their schedule and, and of course, kept Georgia on their schedule. You know, everyone kind of talks about those three games and, you know, should they be on the schedule every year? Maybe it makes it harder. I mean, it does make it harder. But uh, for me, covering Florida and, and, and watching Florida most of my life, you know, I, I don't know that it, there's a football schedule without Tennessee being on there or LSU being on there or Georgia being on there. Uh, when you think back to the good days for Florida, I mean, those were the games that were really good. I mean, there's been many of games that are memorable games in Tennessee. Uh, same with LSU and, and the same with Georgia. I, I just uh, I'm glad they kept that, and I hope that, you know, in the future, they continue to keep those three games, uh, no matter what, Florida. Yeah, that was something where it got blown up and saying all oh, the amount of great teams that they play. But I guess when you're in a state like Florida and you have three big-time programs that they're going to end up playing each other a lot, and that's what makes 
those rivalries so great, but also the recruiting so intense in there in Florida because there's a lot of high school talent, but a lot of other teams outside the state of Florida trying to get them as well as those teams in Florida. But it seems like, at least at this point in time, and I know you do a good job covering recruiting, the Billy Napier has been, been doing a really good job of beating out uh, not only the programs there in the state of Florida, but a lot of other SEC programs for some big-time players. Yeah, uh, seven commits since Saturday, and uh, they weren't just seven uh, nobodies. They were some pretty talented guys, including uh, the number one player in the state of Mississippi, Javante Waller, um, outside linebacker, defensive end type guy that a lot of the big programs wanted. Auburn was in contention, Ole Miss, Penn State, um, many other top programs were in contention, and Florida went in there and beat them out for him. And uh, Nazir Johnson was another big one that they beat out Georgia for. So, um, you know, Billy Napier is getting the recruiting going. Uh, you know, I don't know that it's ever been an issue for him, but, you know, it was an issue of kind of closing in the last few years. Uh, obviously, last year he had he had some good ones. He was able to pull Jaden Rashada before the whole NIL mess happened, um, and that was no fault of Billy Napier's. But Billy's been a very good recruiter overall. Now they're starting to win some of those battles against Georgia, against Alabama, and it kind of all starts at that quarterback spot as they have D.J. Lagway out of Texas committed who's one of the top five quarterbacks in the country and anytime you can get an elite quarterback to commit you know a lot of guys like to follow that elite quarterback and and that's what it's been so far this defensive class he's got is a really really good one they've got three of the top five best linebackers in the country committed already and they're in on the four uh one of the other uh uh, top five uh, linebackers and chris jones are in on him as well so uh doing a good job defensively they they need to add some uh linemen and offensive linemen to the class need to add um, or some receivers to kind of give Lagway, you know, some of those weapons there. But, uh, you know, when you look at it in June, it's a pretty good class for this uh, for Billy Napier and the Gators. Florida's always known for having good offensive linemen, and it seems like they have to replace multiple linemen every year. Had Osiris Torrance going in the second round of the NFL draft this year. Also, Javon Dexter on the defensive line. So for a couple of those players, who uh, who are you looking at to – replace some of the big names that went high in the NFL draft. Yeah, they, they picked up a, a transfer in Micah from uh, Baylor. And, you know, he had a little bit of injuries in the spring. Uh, you know, he's a guy that uh, finished in the top three as far as uh, grading out at the offensive line behind Osiris Torrance. And, um, you know, when you look at it, Micah should slide into that offensive guard uh, position as long as he's healthy as well. Um, Austin Barber is, uh, is going to be your right tackle. And, you know, is going to be a guy that I think, you know, that they're going to lean on a lot. And he was one of the, the better offensive linemen they had on the team last year, and he's a year ahead uh, or a year older now and, and is a little bit ahead of some of those other guys, a big physical guy that, you know, Rob Stale and Darnell Stapleton on that offensive line, they love about him, and Billy Napier likes running behind him as well. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you know, they're, they're going to need uh, – Princely uh, uh, to step up on that defensive end spot. And then inside, they picked up a couple of uh, transfers, including Caleb Banks from Louisville. They're going to expect him. And, you know, if Desmond Watson, uh, the big corner-bound defensive tackle, if he can, you know, get in better shape and, and really be able to play some downs, you know, he's another really good defensive tackle there. Um, Florida's got some guys there. Um, they got unproven depth there. And I think that's going to be the biggest question mark for them on both sides of the line is how does their depth, uh, kind of get experience, and, and once they get experience, what what are they like when they're having to you know go up against the Georgias of the country and the LSU's and those schools and against top notch players? How do they kind of develop and how do they perform? 
So, guys, speaking of offensive line in Florida, uh, Arkansas actually got a transfer from Florida and from the offensive line in Joshua Braun, which I uh, know people were excited about him. And Sam Pittman's, of course, been singing his praises, Sam Pittman being a big offensive line guy, as we know. Uh, didn't play a whole lot last year, but did start in uh, pretty much half the games as a sophomore back in 2021. So it was kind of hit and miss. But what can you tell us about Joshua Braun and uh, do you think it's uh, going to Arkansas maybe a place for him to to settle in, be a starter, and be able to develop his game? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, Braun was committed to Pittman when he was at Georgia um, and then flipped to Florida uh, when Pittman took the job at Arkansas. And um, I know him and his dad are, you know, very big offensive linemen. He had a brother that played at Georgia Tech as well. And, um, you know, and I, I believe he transferred to Texas for his last year. Don't quote me on that. So, they're, you know, they're offensive linemen all around it. You know, having a guy like Sam Pittman, I think, will be good for for Josh. He's a guy who, you know, loved him and committed to him for two years while he was at Georgia. He was up and down and kind of struggled a little bit with the coaching staff, uh, transition a little bit, and, you know, never was really able to get some consistency, I, I guess is the best way to say it there. Uh, they moved him from guard to tackle. They moved him all around and had a different, you know, style of offensive line coaching from John Hevesy then to and Stapleton, so I think that you know that's going to be a good thing for him to get with Pittman, somebody he's comfortable with, somebody he likes, and you know is, is somebody that can get him into a routine there. You know, I think Braun can be a, an SEC starter and be a quality SEC starter. Now, is he an All American? I don't know that he's an All American, but you know, there's a lot of good offensive linemen that are you know maybe all all conference or just quality offensive linemen, and I think that's what he'll be for Sam Pittman, and I think he fits what Pittman likes. Um, you know, from what I know, out of his offensive line. 2023 schedule starts off with a bang right away. Make the return trip to Utah this year. It was Florida, Utah, in the Swamp last year. Now you go to Utah. What are you uh, looking for to begin the season for the Gators? Yeah, I mean, whew, that's, a, that's a tough one. You know, it was tough for them when they came to the Swamp last year. It's, you know, I think it'll be the same thing. You know, Cam Rising's health is going to be – um, the, the major question, you know, everybody says, oh, he's going to be ready, but uh, that's a quick turnaround from an ACL injury. How ready is he? Um, again, I think the sport of defense is going to be improved over last year. Uh, Austin Armstrong, the new defense coordinator, likes to get after the quarterback a little bit. You know, what is Rising's, uh, you know, mobility at that quarterback spot for Utah? And, you know, and then having to travel on the road, you know, Graham Mertz is a guy who's, you know, from Wisconsin and played at Wisconsin, so that that Utah is not going to be that big of a difference for him, but can he go in there against the Utah defense that is usually pretty good and usually pretty aggressive and compete and, you know, be able to run the ball, but whenever they're shutting down the run, be able to hit some of those passes that Billy Napier is going to draw up for him. Uh, that's going to be the biggest thing for me is, is what is the health of Sam Rising and then how does uh, the quarterback play at Florida uh, kind of translate on the road in, in a game that, you know, you don't have that cupcake game to kind of get things going. It's right into, uh, you know, top 15, top 25 uh, program. Speaking of Andrew Spivey of GatorCountry.com here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Brattle Fine Jewelry Hotline. I got to ask you about this, and then again, since I know you're in recruiting, this Austin Simmons thing, man, like this is a crazy story. And I know Florida is a team that was really hot and heavy on him. And for those that uh, may not know his situation, he's, he's, he's like going into his – he's skipping his junior and senior year due to some technicalities, and he is committed to Ole Miss out of the state of Florida. Uh, he's going to be enrolling early. Just tell us about this story and, and the connection to Florida and kind of what happened with that recruitment and why he's going to Ole Miss. Wild. I don't know if you've ever – Yeah, I know I haven't seen a guy jump two classes. I mean, you know, obviously one is 
kind of, you know, getting to be a more of a norm. But two, whew, I mean, the one thing I will say about that is he is the, the age of a, of a 2024 guy. So technically he should be a junior going to be a senior this coming year, but he was held back for uh, baseball because he's one of the top baseball players in the country in his class and uh, was homeschooled. So he finished his uh, high school and then he was already starting to take some college classes and he committed to Florida back in March um, after Florida offered him and, then kind of after that, he approached Florida with the idea that he could, you know, reclassify to the 2023 class. Florida was all down for it. Again, they lost Rashada. They didn't sign a quarterback in the 2023 class. Um, they're they're kind of down in the uh, quarterback room. They needed another guy. They were like, okay, yeah, we like that idea. Well, then uh, right before he was supposed to enroll in June, he decides he's going to take an old Miss visit. He comes back, and uh, now he's, you know, going back and forth. He visits Florida for four days. Tells Florida once again that he's going to enroll the following week. Never does. Then makes the big announcement he's going to Ole Miss. And, you know, a lot of uh, talk about the NIL deal that was offered at uh, Ole Miss was better than Florida. And, you know, if you listen to his dad, his dad was quoted in the newspaper as saying Florida's schedule was too hard and that they were all committed in D.J. Lagway, the 2024 quarterback. So they went elsewhere, which, you know, if you look at Ole Miss, they may have the deepest quarterback room in the, in the SEC. So that doesn't really make any sense. And then guess what? Ole Miss is going to get a tough SEC schedule just like Florida. So um, I'm led to believe that that NIL was uh, a little bit bigger of a uh, story than uh, maybe the family wants to let on a little bit. Florida baseball, they are uh, in the eighth inning, and they have a chance to move on to the championship series with a win today. What's the win? What's the ride been like for Florida baseball this season with a chance to get to the championship series against uh, the winner of Wake Forest and LSU? Yeah, I mean, for the most part of the season, Florida's been really good. They've been really consistent. They had a stretch where they got swept by South Carolina and was on a little bit of a, you know, tailspin a little bit. Uh, their closer, Brandon Kelly, was suspended for, for celebrating, which, you know, don't get me on that uh, topic. I don't know if we have long enough to discuss how um, crazy that uh, suspension was. But uh, So they were swept by South Carolina and went down a little bit. Then they turned around and swept Vanderbilt to get back into the uh, top of the SEC there. Uh, they go on to win the SEC uh, regular season. And um, ever since they got into the tournament, they lost game one. And then uh, they were they, they went on. And they, they were they went on a seven-game winning streak now. The pitching is really, really good. You know, when they when you look at Brandon Sprout, their Friday guy, and then uh, Hunter Waldrop, both of those guys are going to be, you know, top 25 to top 40 picks in the MLB draft. And those are your Friday-Saturday guys. And then you not to mention today in game three, you're, you're throwing a guy in Jack Powellack, who's one of the best two-way players in the country, with leading the, uh, the country with 31 home runs on the year. So this pitching staff's really good. I mean, Kevin O'Sullivan's been known for having great pitching staff, and he has one this year. And, and the lineup this year is really deep as well. And, and they're hitting on all cylinders right now. The offense has been struggling a little bit in Omaha, but the pitching has been pretty, uh, pretty good. And, it, you know, it's winning so far today. Yeah, it's been crazy to think that there's a really great chance, assuming Florida holds on, and then if Wake Forest can at least win one of the games against LSU, that you're going to have the one-two national seeds in the College World Series finals. I don't think that's ever happened, and if it has, it's been a long time. But uh, is like, what do you make of that as far as the matchup? Would you think that you, as a Florida, would match up better with a Wake Forest or with a team like LSU that maybe they're more familiar with because they've been in the SEC? Big difference between that and uh, the uh, March Madness last year, where no yeah. number one seeds were there. So, uh, no, I, you know, I, I, I told this to, to several people. You know, I, I think Florida matches up obviously better with LSU. I don't think LSU is a deep pitch 
pitching-wise um, as Florida is. And um, I, I think they may be a little bit better hitting team than Florida when they're on, but uh, LSU's kind of struggling. They went up and down a little bit. Um, but Wake's going to be good. I mean, Wake's pitching. Florida probably has the edge in pitching over Wake, but uh, those bats at Wake, I mean, once they're nine on in that uh, batting order is something fearless. And uh, when you think about it, it should be a really, really good series, and uh, especially if both teams were able to win uh, today and have their uh, Friday night guy uh, go on Saturday, and you would, you know, get a chance to match up one, two, and three in your starters uh, for those three games in the uh, College World Series Finals. I mean, that would be the best of both worlds for both. I mean, I know Florida would love to be able to throw Sprout in game uh, one and then turn around and throw uh, uh, Hunter or Waldrop in game two. That would be their best-case scenario. Obviously, uh, Rich gets thrown into play if they lose today to TCU. But, uh, again, I think Florida matches up okay with both. Uh, obviously, they'd love to see LSU uh, more so than Wake. But uh, I think Kevin O'Sullivan's pretty much up to the challenge for either one. All right. Well, hey, Andrew, I know it's going to be an interesting one with baseball keeping it going, which is pretty nice. I'm sure they're in Florida to, to have uh, something to pay attention to during the slower time of the year. But college football will be here before we know it. And SEC Media Days next month, which is amazing that it's already going to be here in Nashville, too. So should be an exciting time. But hey, man, we appreciate you hopping on with us, talking some football, talking some baseball with the Gators. And I'm sure we'll be catching up with you once football season comes around and talking about that game down there in Gainesville between the Razorbacks and the Gators. All right, man? Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. And we'll, uh, we'll see you guys in uh, Nashville and then uh, down in Gainesville. Actually, yeah, real quick before you go, uh, I'm going down to Gainesville this year. What's the one thing that I need to do? I've never been before. What's the one thing that I need to do while I'm in Gainesville? What's the one thing? Probably definitely go to the swamp to eat. Okay. Uh, that would be the thing. Uh, and then, you know, I tell everybody this. Gator Walk is a special place uh, before the before the games. If, if you can have the chance to go to Gator Walk and just see the fans, the fans are really, especially for SEC games, uh, th- those are the two that I would say that is, is best. I, I tell everybody to go to Gator Walk, and most people come back and say, yeah, that was pretty cool. All right. I'll put them in my notes, and uh, we'll make it happen there in November. Should be a great one. Andrew, have a great one, man. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Take care, buddy.